Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. is popping congregation welcome to another installment of scam goddess it's me lacey mosley aka scam goddess and this is the podcast all about robbery fraud and the people who perform it get on stage and i am very what yes excited call and response does this give us like a weird internet relationship am i steve from blues clues i hope i'm your steve from blues clues how y'all doing today did you have a good day oh i'm sorry to hear that oh yes girl yes them yes non-binary icons and he's uh guys i'm very yes (laughs) excited for today's guest today we have an emmy and wga nominated writer actor showrunner and moonlight dj you'll see him in season two of the hilarious show southside which is one of my Oh, my God. One of my favorite TV shows, like seriously, ever. OK, The Office could never. Also, Diallo can be seen in IFC's upcoming series Sherman Showcase, which he co-created as the executive producer with his writer partner, Bashir. I ain't never been able to say his last name and I work with him. Salahuddin. Uh, Thank you. Season two. Salahuddin. Bashir, I love you. Uh, season two of Sherman Showcase returns in 2022. Congregation, please welcome Diallo Riddle. Hi, Diallo. Hey, thank you for having me on the show. It's been a long time coming. Guys, oh my God, it's been truly like, I, I mean, I had Drop It Low for Jesus on here with Yvonne, you know, just slowly that, put that's my That's when I was seeds. like, I was like, honestly, I, I got to get on the show now because like, I didn't even, it always makes me happy to know that Drop It Low for Jesus has a whole life of its own. Even some people don't even know it's from Sherman Showcase, but like it, it, it came off of that show and the process that we had for that show. We, we, we can get into it, but like, yes. it's a bunch of music nerds. It's a bunch of music nerds talking about music, coming up with ideas for insane music that uh, it's I'm, a glad, I'm glad y'all talked about. Beautiful song, it. iconic canon. I actually didn't know when I first uh, found out about it. And if you don't know, Sherman Showcase is a like sketch comedy show. We can call it that, right? Like, absolutely. It's, it's, absolutely. Like bits and like, it's absolutely hilarious. If you haven't seen it, please get into it because it's fucking phenomenal. And there's like music and there's dancing and you guys are doing all this creative stuff. Well, it's, I it's, love it's, that it's, show. It's, it's kind of like a different kind of sketch show because like, as opposed to like, lights up, lights down sketch shows. Like it all takes place on the set of a show that's a lot like Soul Train or Solid Gold. So mm-hmm. we do everything sort of couched in this conceit that like, this is a real show and you should be watching it. But by the way, we're gonna make songs that are like dope. Like we always wanted to be like the Lonely Island guys and do songs that like were good enough for me to spin as a DJ. And I and I got the chance to spin them on the BBC uh, Radio One um, as oh, actual yeah. songs. So. You they know, are actual like, songs. They're fire. They're, they're great songs. <laughs> and like, Drop It Low For Jesus literally came from Bashir's sister who was like, so this is a song I, idea I have called Drop It Low For Jesus because we can drop it low for all these scalawags out here. We can drop <laughs> it low for him. 
And right. we were all laughing, and I immediately called up my friend, Brisha Webb, who's like a close friend of mine from a TV show we did. And I was just like, Brisha, um, you're religious in ways that I have never been. <laughs> I was like, maybe you want to tell me if this is a great song idea. And she was laughing at it. So I was like, okay, so we're going for it. But obviously, a lot of people didn't realize that it was a joke. Like, it was a not a joke, but like... A lot of people thought it was like a legitimate singing artist coming out with this song. So like mm-hmm. all of us were getting flamed all day, like y'all going to hell, you know, with, with <laughs> Come on, we just work something for the most with gasoline underwear on, you know, like they were coming at us and we were like, please just watch the show. <laughs> you know, right. like, that's all this is about. We can um, crank it for yeah. Christ, you know? I think so. Oh, well, you know, don't go stealing jokes that we might be using in season two. <laughs> hey, we can toot that thing up one time for the king. Okay, you, you, what the? You can twerk the other cheek. No, we, we, we got all this stuff. We got all this Yes, stuff. beautiful. No, the show's so funny. I actually, uh, I put my mom on the South Side. She was visiting me this weekend. Yeah. And she watched two episodes and she was like, okay, I don't want to watch anymore. And I was like, why? And she was cracking up the whole time. I was like, why? She was like, oh, because your daddy gonna love this, so I gotta watch it with him, because he gonna have a good time watching this. I was like, ah! I'm glad that's you? the turn that she made in her logic, because I was like, that's not the reaction we want from people. Oh, no, I can't watch this no. anymore. <laughs> no, I was like, how dare you? Okay, with your little 20-year little boo-boo marriage gonna take my show home with him. Watch it with me. I wanna laugh too with you. I've already watched it, but I can watch it over and over again, because the jokes are so rapid fire. I'm catching things every single time. Well, we try, I mean, like, literally, we put those scripts through such a process so that by the time we're actually shooting them, like we're well aware, like we're definitely trying to get as many uh, jokes and just just funny like sentiments as, as as possible. I will say that I'm happy to I don't think the show's ever lost a fan. I think that everybody who gives it a shot sticks with it. And I'm happy to say that the people who've seen it like five, six times season one, like we're finally presenting season two like now, like coming out this week. November 11th on HBO Max. Yes. You know, you can watch it on your own time. You don't have to do the Comedy Central thing where, like, it's like, oh, is it is it 9, is it 9 p.m. Central time? Like, you don't have to do the 1978 version of <laughs> Let Me Find This TV show. Like, you can watch it on your phone at 3 a.m. at night. You know, Is it all dropping or is it weekly? No, you know, I actually like that. I like the fact that we're not dropping it all at once. We're going to drop three episodes this week, uh, November benching. 11th. The, hey, the next three episodes come out the following week, and then we drop four episodes the third week. So it'll, you know, hopefully people will just be watching it, telling friends and then just building up the anticipation for a crazy finale. Uh, you know, season two, episode 10 is wild. That's if y'all say crazy, then I know it's crazy. Cause I know like joke AKs. It was like, <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> so, uh, I do have to ask you before we really, really get into it. Uh, yeah. Diallo, what's your relationship with scams? Have you ever been scammed? Do you like scams? Do you hate them? It could be anything. Well, I mean, a couple of things. One, I, I've been saying for the last 20 years, like, don't tell me anything because I am I'm definitely going to snitch. Like, I, oh, just, no! I, I try to keep the, pigeon on the I show? I try to keep the scams as far away from me as possible because I just they never seem to end well for the scammers. I, You know, but, you know, granted, I'm not close enough to the activity to know which scammers came out on top and which came out not on top, but as far as me scamming, I mean, like, I like to think that I've never scammed an individual or anybody who, mm-hmm. you know, I, I definitely had, <laughs> I definitely had a scam. Um, you know, when like they first started putting those kiosks in the in the movie theaters, where like you could buy your own ticket and then just walk it up to, you know, some mm-hmm. teenager who's just taking the ticket, ripping it in half. I mean, when like, I became elderly or a baby. Oh, I was always a student. Like I was a student, well past. You know, my ability to... You're a student of life. What, I'm, a student, I'm learning. I'm learning. And so I definitely... 
But here's what I told that to a, a fellow writer of mine when we were writers of Jimmy Fallon. And uh, I'll never forget, like, he looked at me with, like, no sense of humor in his eyes. And he was just like, that's fraud. And I remember, like, that the, the, the F word, it cut me to the core. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I thought he was going to turn me in. So after that, I started putting, I was such a sucker. I started paying full price for, for Why the Why did you do that? Movies. Why did you let him guilt you out of your grip? I don't know. Ooh, this he, man. I, I think he got, like, an internship at Regal Cinemas or something because <laughs> he looked personally offended by that. You know, there was one other time that I think I should probably bring up because, once again, I never try to take from anybody who has less than me or anybody unfortunate. Right. But I'll never we forget that. Up. Me and Bashir were... Uh, I'm not going to say the name. It's going to kill you. But we were hanging out with a very famous rapper one time. And as comedy <laughs> writers, you know, we were very broke at that time. You know, we were very broke. Um, but at the end of the night, he was like, hey, we're going to a strip club. And so we're like, OK, this is going to be fun. And we get to the strip club and I'll never forget. He like looked at me and handed me fifteen hundred dollars in ones. Been there. And I was just and as I held that money in my hands. And I thought about, like, the fact that, like, I didn't know where the power bill money was. All I could think was, how am I going to get this $1,500 out of the club? I know there's security everywhere. I know he's got security. <laughs> I know they've got, like, cameras everywhere. I had to figure out how to get this. Because, like, and the girls were coming around. I was like, no, I'm not ready to throw nothing yet. Like, because I was like. This you is handed out one bill at a time, <laughs> putting it in a hand. Thank you so much, miss. <laughs> I feel like Thank you for your service. came over and tapped me on the shoulder and was like, hey, you need to get started. Like, I was like, what? <laughs> messed up business model is this like do y'all get a cut if i throw this fifteen hundred dollars because i know another family that really needs this money right now mine like, hey do you guys know about unicef i know some poor families let me let's let's talk about some unicef money right now but that's Not about the only 10 time. cents a day with the strip club money oh man for the price of just one very solid pair of shoes <laughs> You could make one family living on the west side of L.A. extremely happy tonight. Just let me go. I know where they live. I'll find them. It was <laughs> the worst. Address. Oh, man. I just went home so sad that night. My Did you throw it? <laughs> yes, man. They were all over me. They were all, They were so suspicious. Like, I think they're like, hey, that writer ain't got no lap dances. We know writers want lap dances because they ain't getting lap dances. He's clocking like, your lap dances. Like... <laughs> I think they had a clicker. I think they had a clicker. And man, that was just the most depressing lap dance that you've ever seen, man. The girls, the girls were dancing. I was just sitting there like verge of tears. It's like you better, you better get cinnamon. You better get cinnamon right now, or like, else. Just, just bring diamond on over again. <laughs> Listen, you gotta be more stealthy than that. You gotta be quicker than that. Whenever I've gone to the strip club, and I always go with rich, you know, dudes who are frivolous with their money, and um. They would hand us a stack, especially in college. Like, look, I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna take no money from the sex workers. I'm gonna take a little bit, but I'm gonna make, I'm gonna get y'all half. And there have been <laughs> days where I woke up in the hotel with just so much money in my bra, and I was like, I did get, I took this money, right? I did. Wait, <laughs> did I earn money it? that I took? Right? This is not. I didn't earn this. Did God, I earn please, it? <laughs> please say I didn't earn this money. <laughs> I'm not sure. I was very drunk, uh, so oh, don't know no. if I earned it or if I took it. But That's definitely terrible. been there. But I'm so sorry that the uh, <laughs> they had I, a, I, you know what? I, I'll tell you what. I did ask one one other person who was with us. I, he, was he another writer who was on that project? I feel like I looked over and I was like, "Do you think that they like after you throw it? Do you think they're monitoring all the money on the ground?" He's yes, like, "Oh, that, they are. he's like." Absolutely. They were like, I've seen dudes kicked out of here, like, for picking up $1. Like, he was like, yeah, you definitely no. don't want to do that. When, 
<sighs> when it's on the ground, you can't. No, no, no. They'll come get you. You should have went to the bathroom immediately when he gave you the money. Be like, oh my god, I gotta pee so bad. Be right back. Oh, you're right. I should have worked it out with the dude because there's always a dude in the bathroom at the strip club who's like there for like cologne or like you know cigarettes if that's your thing or candy or like breath mints. Mm -hmm. I should have worked it out with him. I should have just been like, yo, I, I don't know what happened. I think I've thrown all the money. And then just worked it out with my man, you know, Rufus in the back. That would have probably worked out. <laughs> you know, I, I went with a black man because I'm from Atlanta. And that's always a black thing in Atlanta is, is the old black man in the, in the strip club bathroom. That's just a, right. That's yes, a solid guild. That's a solid it is. Deal. There's an older black woman in the in the girls' restroom. She got there everything you, go. you need, honey. You need some panties. <laughs> you need some mouthwash. You know. They used to they used to sell DVDs up in there too. That's, <laughs> I know I'm dating myself, but I feel like in the late '90s, early 2000s, like you could go in there and buy like shottas. Like you could buy all the hood classics. Like you know, not shottas. Oh, yeah, Lord man. That was that was a time. That was a time. Let's get into our first segment here. What's hot in fraud? This is where we warn our listeners about potential scams popping on the streets. Or more often than not, these days, we get a letter from y'all. As always, snitch on your friends and family at scamgoddesspod at gmail.com. Just make sure the scam <laughs> is retired because we don't want to what? Fuck up your bag. That's right. <laughs> so I need a fake name, Diallo, for this person. Okay. Uh, oh, we don't care about gender, so it can be anything. Okay. Uh, Desmond. Desmond. So Desmond says, hey, girly, <laughs> not going to mention anything nice because your ass ain't going to read it on the pod anyways. <laughs> Some laughing emojis. Y'all, y'all can still write the nice stuff. I'll be reading it, but I just don't like read compliments about myself. It just feels bizarre. Um, but that, I says a lot of, that says a lot about you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Right, like, I'm not going to take up y'all time reading stuff about me. So, uh, this is the second scam I've submitted. I was... Oh, wait. Okay, so this is the second scam that I've read from this person. Um, what did you, what's his name you give again? Diallo, what was the name? I said Desmond, but... Desmond. So, this is the second scam I've read from Desmond. Desmond, you've got some good scams, because I'll be reading them and just be intrigued, honey. Love it. So, uh, Desmond said, I was the cum dump robbing Wells Fargo back in the meatball episode. Wow. Okay, what a sentence. Um, There's so much to unpack in just that one sentence. <laughs> If I was on the podcast, I'd be hitting that, you know, back 15 seconds to just break all that down. Right. Come dump. I was the cum dump robbing Wells Fargo back on the Meatball episode. So Meatball is a, a the drag performer name for one of my friends. But mm -hmm. yeah, that was a that's a ride of a sentence, Desmond. <laughs> so Back when I was in high school, I was a shift leader at Dairy Queen. Side note, I'm a Texas native like you, but from Lubbock, not Dallas. Okay, I know where Lubbock is. Shout out to Lubbock. Y'all be having the cults. <laughs> Love that for y'all. Come on, cult gang. So... Anyways, back then I was a huge pod head, or pothead, excuse me. I've since stopped now and just do the booger sugar. What? <laughs> oh, no. You know what? Can I can I warn all future guests of the, of, of this show? Like, don't don't use any of your children's names because this is this is going way south. I don't know why I did that. Let's keep going. <laughs> Wait, okay. How are you gonna say you quit pot? Like, like it's such a bad thing, and then you just gonna be like, yeah, no, nah, I just do cocaine now. I think you should have stuck with pot. I feel as though one is safer. One is no, a little bit nobody safer. has ever said, oh, how, how's our boy doing? Oh, he's way better. He's giving up weed. He's taking up coke. Like that's never that sentence doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't. You're really giving the gateway drug people something to oh, talk about man. because oh, no. wow. <laughs> so it says, I worked alongside a pill popper. Um, when we worked together long enough, she pulled me into her side hustle at work. Well, she called it a side hustle, but we were really just robbing the joint. Okay. I love branding. 
(laughs) But we would take phone orders and just ring them up when the customer came to pick up the order through the window. Well, this old bitch had been there so long, and eventually I was there long enough to be able to do the same. So she knew the prices down to the tax. So when they came to pick up the order, we asked for cash or card. And if they said cash or card, so they asked for cash or card. If they said cash, then we would just act like we were ringing it up, take the cash, open the register. As a shift leader, my codes could open the register without actually ringing anything up and just provide them with change. And no, we ain't got no receipt. (laughs) (laughs) Our our printer is down if they ask for a receipt. (laughs) (laughs) People are like, man, this food is fantastic, but but the register is never working. It's like the ice cream machine at McDonald's. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Shit works. Right, they said, our our register down. We actually can't print no receipts. We add a paper. Would you like me to write it down for you, though? I could write you a receipt and sign it. uh, (laughs) Mr. Dairy Queen. (laughs) Sign the queen. (laughs) People people be keeping those uh, handwritten receipts all the time. (laughs) Come tax time. You're doing a work order and you go back into work and you're like, this is the receipt. Debbie, why is it handwritten? And look, this is what they gave me, okay? And then they told me to drive away quick. And I don't, I don't know why, but that's, that's what I was told. So, and this is so funny because I feel like Dairy Queen is the perfect place to do this, especially in Texas. I'm out my mom. My mom worked at a Dairy Queen in Texas when she was in high school. And she, there would be like a chili day because my mom's a fantastic cook and she would make chili and people would come buy her chili from her. And I was like, um, mama, I feel as though, so Jerry, Jerry, did they know you was doing this? <laughs> <laughs> How do you have a chili Tuesday at somebody's food chain? At someone's chain restaurant? That's, that's wild, except that I, it was probably bomb chili. So at the end of the yeah. day, yeah. Nobody I mean, I, was mad. No, nobody was mad. I was driving down the street, taking my kids home from soccer practice, and I saw old black couple set up on the side of the road in in the valley in California. We know that that's not something very typical in the valley in California, and uh, and uh, I ended up buying like all this black old food. Or like... just straight, just straight up old black couple. <laughs> like it looked like they were fresh out of Louisiana. They said Creole food here, which is a which is kind of a suspicious sign. But then I was just like, man, straight I can really go point. for some Creole food, so I went there. And got the shrimp etouffee and the uh, and the gumbo, and it was fantastic. And I went back the next weekend, and they weren't there anymore. So <laughs> I hope it worked out. <laughs> I'm sure they get. I'm sure they got cited for something, but that food right. was they fantastic. Right, they want to pop up on the side of the yeah. road, like yeah. Yeah, it ain't the pandemic anymore. I feel like the cops are gonna be on that. Right, but listen, <laughs> there's some hood spots that you know you go in and it just make you a plate. I remember in my cousin's neighborhood, there was the candy lady, and we would just go to her window at the side of her house and buy candy. <laughs> are you kidding me? Okay, so I'm not trying. I'm really not trying to put my show like this hard but we have a whole song dedicated to the candy lady in season two of Southside. i kid you not i kid you not episode eight with lil I'm rel excited with lil rel and then yeah we have a whole episode dedicated essentially to the candy lady so yeah you're wow. talking our language now that's that's oh I man feel like i can't wait to watch this that is exactly what we always said Southside was going to be the show where everybody had a side hustle because i don't know many people who you know don't have some form of side hustle. I mean, like we were talking to one one lady who was like, "Yeah, I'm a kindergarten teacher, you know, but I also make these vegan cookies. Y'all want some?" Like it's just like <laughs> people come up with the with the with the hustle immediately because like nobody's really doing what they want to do. There's always like this other project, this other thing that they got going mm-hmm. on. Listen, we talked about a lady uh, here who's I did this with uh, Lamorne Morris, whose side hustle was she do braces. 
And she was on Facebook talking about, I do braces. I said, nigga, how do you do braces? Like, I feel like you got to be an orthodontist. (laughs) You just doing braces. It's one thing to have a hustle. It's another thing to be, like, completely fraudulent. Like, that's malpractice. You should not be doing homemade braces. That's That was her side hustle. She did braces. Okay, so, again. Y'all need some braces or what? Southside season two. Uh, anybody who's watched the show, you know, they work at a rent a center, essentially. RTO. And, and, they, and they have a truck. They have a big old truck to repossess stuff if you don't pay on time. But these dudes, once again, try to, like, you know, get as many hustles into a 24-hour period as possible. So it's about the subject of, 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 of health care, you know, in the hood. Not everybody has insurance. Not everybody wants a $1,200 ambulance ride. And so, right. yeah, we address that in episode two. Yes. Let's finish out this crazy story that Desmond uh, sent us because I'm just so enamored. Okay, so they said, we ain't got no receipt. Print her down. You know, we'll write it out or some. you know, like, t- we'll text it to you if you want it. It's going to come from my personal cell. Uh, but we'll get you a receipt if you need it. So, well, at the end of the night, I would close out the day and whatever reflected over on the deposit went straight into my pockets, then to my weed dealer. Cameras never worked in the place and every time they got fixed they broke after a week so yeah i just thought i'd share that dq really was what i like about texas because i didn't pay for weed for years working there side note i was still a cum dump then oh god fucked all the cooks in the walk-in so hopefully you will (laughs) you was never in lubbock at a dq because your shit probably came in contact at some point with something it wasn't supposed to yeah i know that's nasty as hell but i get a laugh out of it anyways they scheming kissy faces not you fucking on the patties not you over here fucking on the uh what do they call the 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 blizzards no no dairy queen Mm. my sister used to work at dairy queen so we used to get a lot of free ice cream but then you know she got robbed at gunpoint at dairy queen so dairy queen apparently a lot more wild than uh than you would you would think yeah, it's like Popeyes can get like that too. There's some Popeyes. In oh, my Popeyes head, been sketchy. I'm sorry, <laughs> Popeyes is always sketchy. And what's crazy is I feel like Popeyes is different around the country because, like, Popeyes in Louisiana or in Georgia, like that that food tastes amazing. Popeyes in Los Angeles is garbage. Like, it's like some of the most questionable Popeyes on the planet. And they ain't putting that extra seasoning on no, it like they, they do in the South. Mm, they don't they don't really know what they're doing. You you order the red beans and rice or the Popeyes in Los Angeles, you asking for trouble. Because that's You really nothing. are. It doesn't even taste the right no. I mm. went to a Popeyes once somewhere. Maybe it was in New York or maybe it was in Atlanta. It was probably in Atlanta. I went to a Popeyes that was so secure because clearly they had had many robberies and I felt like I was at a goddamn bank. When I tell you, like, when I went to get the food, they had the bulletproof glass and then it was like, they put the food in like this little turntable and you had to put your card in the turntable and then they turn it around and then they turn it around again and give you your food. I was like, God damn. You're absolutely right. You only see that in banks. And Popeyes, <laughs> that rotating glass thing. Banks and Popeyes, <laughs> the I most secure work environments on the planet. Let me tell you Thanks. something. Popeyes is like not today. Look, we, you might have been able to rob us during the Reagan administration, but we're gonna be <laughs> <Right>. so secure. <laughs> nah, we got security now, bro. We got bulletproof glass. So Come here with a gun if you want to. Mm-hmm. That, that was before COVID. I don't even know what the, what protocols they got. They're probably like one <laughs> person even, in, one person out. <laughs> they didn't even need no COVID protocols. No, they, they always like, had hey. the glass up. We've been six feet away from you. Been six feet away since 97. <laughs> since 
97. That was the last Popeyes that got shot up. We Ooh, said seriously. it. We you, learned. You ain't see Popeyes in the news for anything negative. And that's why. Right. Other than the people <laughs> killing each other over them chicken sandwiches. They're probably going to figure out a way, like, when you go to those drive through banks where, like, you stick the money in the tube and it goes down <laughs> into the car. That's how they're going to get your chicken to you at Popeyes in the future. <laughs> they shoot it at you. They're like, all right, now you wait here for the tube to come back down. Wait for the chicken tube, guns. Chicken tube gun, let's go. <laughs> um, my fa- one of my favorite sketches um, that Mark Phillips because he's so funny mm-hmm. he did a Popeye's sketch it was like Popeye's versus Chick-fil-A and Chick-fil-A's like how may I help you can I mow your lawn like we love you and then the Popeye's was like welcome to Popeye's what do you want hurry up <laughs> hey did he, is he the one who did the one the difference between like UPS and FedEx because yes. I think about that I think about that one all the time <laughs> he's, he makes I think so it was UPS came up sketches. there singing uh, Gucci Mane no it wasn't it was it was it was it was OJ the Juice Man. It was one of those other cats. Oh, man, that was right. He's like, fuck, you want this Popeyes? He was like, this is what I order. You better take your chicken and go, bitch. He was like, can I, can I have some sauce? He's like, sauce, we ain't got no sauce. <laughs> like, that man could yell about anything, and I'm like, yes. I We're there for it. Him yelling at LeBron, uh, that LeBron sketch was like, I'm 36. I was like, I, <laughs> this man is a genius. But, genius. okay. We're going to take a quick break for some non-scam advertisements. We'll be right back with my favorite segment, Historic Hoodwinks. Ooh, do you feel that in the air? Yes, that is summertime. It's in the breeze. It's in the trees. And y'all know when the sky comes out, (laughs) the thighs come out. And as the weather gets hotter, it's time to say bye to jackets and sweaters and hey to shorts and tees. If you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. Y'all know. I love Quince. If you want to be looking chic year after year with classic pieces that you can dress up, dress down, wear around town, you got to get into Quince. They have premium European linen dresses. I have one in green and oh, when I wear it, it is a showstopper. Blouses, shorts from $30, y'all. Washable silk tops, which I told y'all I love those. I actually went back and got it in navy. I got it in the white, like cream. And I just know when I wear it, I'm going to feel like Diane Keaton on the beach thinking about my life like white cream are you kidding me it's giving rich okay quince is that girl y'all know you see me in their pieces all the time get into it get warm weather ready with quince go to quince.com slash goddess for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns that's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash goddess to get free shipping and 365 day returns q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash goddess Finding the perfect t-shirt has always had me like Goldilocks. Trying on shirts. This one's too hard. This one's too soft. And it fell apart because y'all know I got it from a cheap website. And this t-shirt from Skims is just right. From fit to quality, it is one of my, like, these are my favorite t-shirts. I have three different ones. Y'all know I love me an Onyx because I'm going to be wearing black all the time. Um, They have a cotton long sleeve jersey tee that I really like too because the material is so soft. But when I put it in the washer, she don't have a whole transformation or makeover. It's not move that bus when I take it out. She looks the way that she looked when I put her in. And we know we cannot say that for all t-shirts, okay? So you can have staple t-shirts that you can mix and match and wear up or down. Maybe we're going to a fancy night out. Maybe we're going on a date. Maybe we're lounging around the house. I love these shirts so much because I can do so many different things with them. It's like, I'm telling y'all, Skims, they doing right over there. I got on the underwear right now. I can't 
can't give it up. I think they got me, y'all. I'm not even playing. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know I sent you. After you place your order, select Scam Goddess in the survey and select my show in the drop-down menu that follows. Cons! And we are back. And it's time for my favorite segment, Historic Hoodwings. This is where I'm gonna regale Diallo with some nonsense. And we'll see how he feels. All right. So uh, that fell off towards the end. Y'all, y'all know. No, nah, I love it. Um, it, was just, it was historic. <laughs> we also be singing on this show. I'll be singing on this show. I'll be doing things. I totally forgot about that. I got songs for days. Let's go. <laughs> me, me, me. Okay. Uh, so today we're talking about Jimmy Sabatino. He's a legendary con artist raised among two of the most notorious crime families in the country and was obsessed with fame as an adult. That's a bad combo. That's a bad combo, Jimmy. Like, something I just realized is like, there are scammers, like, because you were saying earlier, like, with scams, like, they don't ever end well for the scammer. I think that they don't end well when we know about them. But <laughs> right. just we have like, no idea. Yeah. it's a lot of murderers out here. Like, the chances are very high that you've met a murderer. Like, somebody who's, like, Wild, doing right? murders. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. And so, if they're not caught, then they How get away with it. Yeah. So, there's hella scammers who aren't caught, and they get away with it. I know some scammers who put me onto some shit. I can't say too much, but they still <laughs> out here criming, and I'm proud of them. Um, <laughs> And it's it's so funny. I can tell when someone's a scammer just by like hanging around them. Like, where are you getting all this money from? You don't work normal hours. Like certain things start to add up to me. And because of Scam Goddess, I can literally talk to like, I can't say too much, but somebody that I know was dating somebody and we were hanging out with them. And I was like, do you do crime? And he was like, yeah, I can teach you some things. You Scam Goddess, right? And I was like, yeah, let's talk. <laughs> you know what? It's so ironic because I feel like I just have the opposite energy. Like, people do not come to me and ever say, hey, you do crime. Like, I just don't throw off that crime. Well, you don't do crime. I, I, first off, right? I, I think I'm easily readable as a person who does not do crime. I think that, yeah. that you know. But You but let a man shame you into buying full-price movie theater tickets. <laughs> so, yeah, you a don't do crime. comedy writer. I mean, that's the lowest form of another man or however you just you should have just shamed him back if you had shamed him back you would have won and been like bro like what i'm black we didn't even get reparations you know what's like... crazy is I, I i got dirt on him like about three months later and the only person i know was my wife i was like you know what that motherfucker told me and then that's why he was over there being all pious it's yeah, always no. the people being pious and being extra who doing <laughs> the dirt because they're trying to give off the facade that they're not. So um, this, this is a legendary con artist. Guys, fame and scams don't go together. If you are going to be a scammer, you got to live quietly. Yeah, I think, I think a scammer who wants to be famous is almost like that. That just seems like the worst. Comedy. That's not a good plan. Like, you got to do your crime like this as yeah. a whisper. Yeah, we, 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 we saw that movie with Denzel where his wife was like, put on the, put on the fur jacket. And it all fell down after that. Like right, Amer- don't put on the fur jacket. I saw American Gangsta. I was like, nah, you shouldn't put on that jacket. Yeah, that fur, <laughs> that fur jacket was an omen. Don't put on that fur jacket. Now, you know, white people always are as concerned if black people got money. That's my favorite <laughs> game to play. Kenny Bears put that in one of his shows and it was like they were on a private plane or something and mm-hmm. the stewardess kept being like, or excuse me, the flight attendant kept being like, oh, so what do y'all do? Are you a rapper? 
Like, why do people love to try to figure out how you have money? And it happens to me all the time. I mean, I'm poor, guys, remember. But um, <laughs> they be like, also, what do you do? Like, you know, sometimes I'll just be like, you know, I'm in um, insurance. Like, i just be lying because it's fun. I'll I say mean, something listen, that I know don't make no money. Listen, Bashir, <laughs> Bashir was getting married, and they decided they wanted to get married, you know, next to this beautiful lake in Montana, which is like, you know, so we all, so everybody who knew him and me and everybody, we all went up to this beautiful lake in Montana, which is, has a little nice town next to it. And for that whole weekend, everywhere we went, people were like asking us, like, we hear there's a rapper getting married. We hear it's Wiz Khalifa. No, Wiz <laughs> Khalifa. Like, and we were like, no, I ain't no Wiz Khalifa getting married. It's a, it's a black comedy writer. He's, right. he's kind of he's cool. Okay, but does he rap, though? Because how did he get the money? We don't be paying black people. Exactly. Where did he get the money I was from? like, no, he did a lot of singing on Jimmy Fallon. That's <laughs> how so we got the money. <laughs> we would like to know how he got money because we make it a habit not to pay Negroes. So we need to know what ha- what went wrong. You're like, <laughs> so uh, we can, can correct. I, can I get this drink to go, sir? Thank you. Right. So he's obsessed with fame, right? His long career began at an early age. He's and he's just become infamous since. So Jimmy Sabatino grew up a member of the oh the Colombo crime family. Oh, we know the Colombos, honey. We love the Colombos on this show. I actually talked to a Colombo um, because one of the like the Colombo, like the oldest, like whoever was running like the crime family when the whole McMillions thing was happening. If you heard about the like defrauding McDonald's out of all of those instant win monopoly game pieces, <laughs> have you heard about that? I have heard something about that. So yeah. the leader of that crime family, his nephew actually reached out to me on Twitter and we was chopping it up after I did the McMillions episode. I was like, oh my God, yes, let's chat. Like I love when criminals reach out and be like, what's good? <laughs> How, how did that work again? They were just literally just hoarding the chips. They were hoarding little play so, pieces. So there was a man who um, was, oh God, I'm for losing his name right now, but he um, was in charge of security of the game pieces. So the instant, the million ones, he would have like in this like special jacket that he created, which like, why did they let him make a jacket? <laughs> and, and he would go to the bathroom because he had an auditor with him, but the bathroom, the woman, the auditor was a woman. This is why we need to neutralize gender bathrooms. And so she couldn't follow him. And she couldn't bathroom, go inside. So he, so he would go in there and he would switch the million dollar pieces with other pieces. And then he got like uh, a family of Mormons, a butcher, a nice little black lady, like all these people involved because he couldn't actually claim the winnings. So he would have them claim it and he would take a percentage. Um, and so like and then eventually the mob got involved. So the Colombo family was involved in the McMillian scan. So I'm like, OK, <laughs> so he's a member of this crime family and close to the Gambino family, two of five major crime families that dominated the organization of crime. In New York City. Yes, yep. come on, crime dynasties. Love to see it. Uh, a note, the five families have run New York since they were established by Salvatore Man- Maranzino, excuse me, in 1931. Jimmy grew up with them in the 80s and 90s. I love, like, nepotistic crime. It's like, our family <laughs> does crime. You're going to get in the business of crime. And, you know, if, if your family is like Rupert Murdoch, you probably going to end up working for a newspaper or something. Like, it makes sense. 100%. 100%. About the way, growing up... Growing up in, in uh, you know, not growing up in New York, but we lived in New York for a couple of years and all those streets are still there and you can still see the buildings where like, you know, Lucky Luciano, you know, like did a hit on, you know, Jimmy the Shark and all those kind of things. Like that <laughs> stuff is still out there. Yeah, I love y'all got to do y'all internship and robbery. It's like you, you come up, you learn the ropes of crime and then you take over. It's beautiful. It's like the royal family. So his father was allegedly a one time liaison between the families and later managed a restaurant owned by Paul Castanio. Right. Or Castellano. Uh, yeah. The former boss. 
of the Gambino family. Yep. So growing up where everyone knew his family meant that Jimmy was used to getting what he wanted when he wanted it. Yeah, because if we don't give you what you want, it's murder. <laughs> which is which is which is Irv Gotti, but we're about to talk about John Gotti. I feel like this, this turn is coming up. Right. So growing up, where you know, so he got what he wanted. At fourteen, he was first sentenced to juvenile hall for racketeering. Racketeering at fourteen. Wow, that's, that's, Proud that's of you. initiative. That's an issue. Put that child's mind in something better, but like he's clearly brilliant. Racketeering at 14 is impressive. I feel like if you're a judge, you got to be like, <laughs> you in ninth grade, <laughs> we talking about racketeering? Use your Proud superpowers you. for good, young man. Go ahead. So in an interview, Jimmy said this about his childhood. My father, my father always bailed me out of trouble. I grew up with power, and when things didn't go my way, I'd blow up. Wow, so we're talking privilege. Okay. Mm. So despite his baby face, and let's get that picture up of his baby face. In his late teens, Jimmy tricked an... That's Ooh, a baby... That, what? That's, that's not a baby. That, that's that's a, not that, a baby that, face. You put that one back in the womb for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, when people be having ugly babies, I, and, and they're my friends, I always just comment like... What a blessing. No, you just say, who's he look like? Right. Congratulations on your healthy baby. Like, I'm not going to say it's cute. I'll just be like, you know, hey, the Lord the, the Lord smiled upon y'all. Yeah, his mugshots are not giving baby. Like, no. he's got chubby cheeks, but <laughs> he look like a man to me. That's not a child. <laughs> no, it's a man. It looks seedy. He looked like crime. If I saw him, I would profile him. Like, he needs to be profiled everywhere he goes. So, in his late teens, Jimmy tricked airlines into upgrading him to first class by claiming to be an executive at Disney, the president of Paramount Pictures, or the head of a music division at Warner Brothers. Mm. That doesn't, that doesn't work so well when your name is Diallo Riddle. Like, nobody nah. believes, nobody believes you. <laughs> they Google it immediately. This exactly. Is d- d- hold on. Like, Wait, the president of Paramount is, is a black dude? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you're a little light-skinned. You might be able to use some light-skinned privilege and be like, Man, you know. Maybe on maybe spirit. Maybe you could be the maybe head of AMC. I think yeah, spirit, I was, don't check. Okay, but you <laughs> acting like spirit give a fuck about anybody. Spirit's <laughs> like, get on the plane, you raggedy bitch. Get on the like, plane, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> they don't care who you are. Spirit be like, okay, do you want a seatbelt? That's extra. <laughs> and now serious, the- I was thinking this the other day, like, how garbage do you think? Like, the, think about the customer service department of spirit. Like, there's probably like five people there. They're just like, I don't know, that's our brand. Our brand is that we don't pick up the phone. <laughs> like, Right. No, they're like, I honestly think that they give all their customer service people like Xanax to just like be so chill. It's like every time anybody has to talk to customer service at Spirit, it's never a good thing. So they're just like fully, they're like 911 operators. They're like, hello, what show emergency? Spirit Airlines. Let me tell you who I, let me tell you who I actually feel bad for. The Spirit, the people at the Spirit counter, because here's the thing, like you just said, it's, they didn't make the policy. They didn't. They're not the ones who are benefiting from twenty five dollars a seatbelt. You know what I'm saying? Like right. they just say, they're just frontline people who have to just get punched in the face all day. I actually feel like get <laughs> another job. Long. Get another job because this the, 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 John and Jeffrey Spirit are the ones who are making all the money on this airline. Right, like, and I feel like the people in Spirit they're not like, okay, would you like to fill out this survey after to tell me? Like, I ain't never heard them say that. They're like, we don't want no survey. We know you're dissatisfied, bitch. That's they're what like, we do. They're like, just hang up. Just hang up. Walk away. We know you're dissatisfied. Everybody is in Spirit. Hey, we're not that much shit. With, this, you, with this money, you could have been on Southwest. Just go somewhere else. Like, right. And that's what I will say, too, is like, guys, I know them Spirit flights be looking really enticing. And if Spirit 
spirit ever sponsors this show, I'm going to be like, yo, fly with spirit, the caution tape airline. Oh, um, <laughs> like, oh, I love to sit in my uncomfortable seat on spirit. They get you. <laughs> the plane lands. The plane always spirit. lands. Spirit, we'll get you there. <laughs> they set the lowest possible bar. Like. The plane gonna land. Spirit. That's, that's spirit. We're gonna land. <laughs> spirit, go like, see your grandparents. Right. Because it's not actually cheaper. The whole thing about Spirit is it's almost like Klarna or Layaway, no. where like you pay a smaller fee for the flight, but then they nickel and dime you unless you show up to the plane with all your clothes for the, the trip on your body, like exactly. on you. You're yeah, oh, gonna oh, pay. You go, oh, you just go wear a shirt, huh? You just go wear a shirt shirt fee like it's, it's ridiculous right. like just go on and spend the extra twenty dollars and get on a uh, anyway yeah you got to because look you get on spirit and, and as soon as they start taxiing the floorboards opening you gotta you gotta run your feet like flintstones to get them to get got, them off the you runway you got your shoes on somebody else's lap it's like spirit we'll break it <laughs> spirit be like oh you want some water that'll be five dollars like, hey look we got the queen of england here she wants some water she wants some water. There's water they shame in the you first. They shame you first when you ask for water. Like, bitch, what you think this is? We had 35,000 feet. You want Look at water? The diva. Look at the diva asking for a soda. Right. Ooh, wow. What next? You gonna wanna be able to control the air and the little air thingy too? <laughs> oh, you wanna control what that little screen on your TV showing? Oh, okay. Right. All right. Oh, you wanna open your window? That'll be six dollars. <laughs> oh, you wanna we get had... off Oh, you wanna get off the plane now just because we landed. Okay, that's another twenty dollars. Okay. Like yeah. That's crazy. You want to get off the plane. <laughs> you see that man? He ran out of money. He been a, he been to like 30 cities today. <laughs> he, he can't get off until the pilot's done for off. the day. So, oh God. But yeah, I'm so sorry. he was tricking people. True, we were out of jail. I love it. He was tricking people <laughs> on planes. He was also known to walk into ritzy hotels such as the Waldorf Astoria crew in tow and convince the hotel to give them sixteen thousand dollars in rooms, room service, limousines service and sometimes like for a week with no credit card this is whiteness because no, I can't, yeah, exactly. like, we can't I walk ain't... into a new york hotel and not have somebody accuse us of stealing their phone first off so we right we know how this goes like this is the opposite right. of our experience we you, can't literally they'll be like i need an id and a credit card i'm like okay how much are you put on the credit card like fifteen hundred dollars i'm like oh that's Okay, that's, I guess that's what I got to do now. Like, right? I was spending, like, isn't the credit card whole fee like three hundred? Yeah, yeah. Normally, but you yeah, let, so we don't try to play it safe. We just try to play it safe. Yeah, you know, you know how you know how y'all be. We don't got to explain. Y'all want the M and M's and the champagne and the and the mini cards. So you know, we're just playing it safe. Gotta make sure you can afford it. You get it right. It's policy. Mr. Sabatino, right this way, right this way. What about right him? He way, can put Mr. a credit Sabatino. card down. Well, you know, he, we know him. We know him. He's the right. He paying in vibes. <laughs> he's he's just paying for everything. And vibes everywhere he go. Wow. <laughs> Must be nice. So the beginnings of his music career. Oh, Jello, you're DJ, so let's see. Uh-oh. In 1994, Jimmy Sabatino was 17 and had aspirations of breaking into the music industry. He had even started his own record label, Soundstorm, Uh-oh. which failed immediately. Uh-huh. Soundstorm kind of sounds like you could pop. I'm sad for him. A scammer who wants to be famous, that's one type of red flag. Anybody say, oh, I'm going to start my own record label, kind of a red flag. Like, I've just not known that many people who started their own label. Jazzy Jeff did it. That was cool. Hidden Beef was a great record label, but you know. And and, uh, Master P did mm, it. Master P. Oh, by the way, Master P, I feel like I got the hookup, gave birth to a whole generation of scammers. Can we just be honest? Like, I got the hookup. 
Master P was selling CDs out of his trunk of his car, so he know about the scam life. And he, I didn't know that Master P. That's not a P, scam, though. That's a good for Right. For money, he was a huh? hustler. But Mas, I didn't know Master P was a savant until I heard a seat at the table and he was doing them interludes. And I said, damn, okay, Master P, you smart as hell. Okay, I so first you. off, I always wondered, was there like a writer's room for like those interludes? Because I feel like... <laughs> They were sitting around like, all right, so somebody's got to write the masterpiece getting head sketch. Who wants to write that? You want to write it? Tommy, you want to write it? Okay, just make sure she's make sure she sounds very satisfied. And cast somebody good. Don't get your cousin again, because we know that she's trying to do all this acting nowadays. Like, I just feel like there was a whole brain trust that went into those master theater loops, because they were kind of classic and also kind of half-baked. Like, it was just... Also, I'm going to say something controversial about Master P that may never make the podcast, but I feel like that dude went from trying to sound like a Bay Area E-40 type rapper to, like, then all of a sudden he sounded like he wanted to be, like, Tupac. No, he wanted to be Scarface. And then when Tupac died, he started doing, like, in the sea, in the me's. See, but that's the original Drake. That's the original Drake, because we know one Drake album, he's going to be Caribbean. Another Drake (laughs) album, he's going to be Afro-Latino. He's going to be like, ¿Qué pasa, mami? You know, another... (laughs) You know, why haven't you called me? You know, he's going to switch it up. He's going to be British soon. Like, you know, he's got a child who lives overseas. Like, he, you know... Drake is all racist. As as somebody who has worked with Drake on more than one occasion, I'm just going to say that... uh, Shout out to Drake. <laughs> shout Listen, out to, shout he out knows, to future. He, he's someone who knows how to switch it up with the times. I love me some Drake. So I'm like, you know, be it. What what are we this week, Drake? Okay. We from Cameroon. All right. We do we Afrobeats Drake? Great. I'll be there. I, I, oh, yeah. I, I mean, by the way, I um <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can't say nothing. <laughs> I'm gonna get a call from Future the Prince, like, um, hey Niallo, we can we were listening to Scam Goddess. <laughs> I don't think Future the Prince listens to Scam Goddess. I think you're safe. I, I think they listen For to now. everything. I think they got I think they got I, Anthony Gonzalez gonna call me up. <laughs> ears ears just working. Ears always listening. So in lieu of so it failed, right? His record label. So in lieu of not yet finding success, Jimmy lied about everything, which is how he found himself in the dressing room of Julio Iglesias following a Miami performance. So he has scammed his way back to Julio dressing room. Before Iglesias, the show, before his show, Jimmy had called claiming to be an executive from Sony Music and nephew of Sony Music chairman Tommy Tommy, Matola. Absolutely. I I knew this was coming back to Tommy Matola. Because I feel like there was a time in the 90s, if you were Italian and worked and and lived in New York, you could probably say, oh yeah, I work with Tommy. Like, Tommy just had that much, like he ran... Everything he had, Mariah. He had so much going on back yeah. then. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, just the fact that like Ghostface sampled that uh Doctor uh Doctor Buster in his Savannah band track. You know, Tommy Matola lives on the road. Like, and all the hip hop kids were like mm-hmm. rapping that shit. Like, it was like that was a special time. Tommy, Tommy right? Was the and I was on. I, I went to a Wu Tang Clan concert last night. So, <laughs> oh, you were at that thing. Yeah, I got some other people who were there. They were telling me about you know some crazy stuff that Rayquan and, and Ghostface was talking about. Rayquan was there, right? Yeah, yeah, he was, and Ghostface yeah. was there. Yeah, where was uh, this concert? Was, I didn't get the invite. Where was it? Was it was at the Novo. Ah oh, man, I would have gone. See, yeah, nobody told me anything. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> 
tell me nothing. Um, which is a very funny Ricky Smiley bit that he used to do. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Ricky Smiley. Absolutely. I was like my, an old person as a child just listening. Like, get up. I was I turn say, on, that's, that's my aunts and uncles. They're, they're Ricky I turn Smiley on Ricky people. Smiley or I turn on Steve Harvey and listen yeah. to the Strawberry Letter as yeah. a child. Like, what was I doing? I was like eight. And I was like, yeah, put on the Strawberry Letter. I got to hear what Steve and them talk about today. Like, an old lady. An old lady child. That's you are an old soul. I, I love it. I love it. This is Literally. the stuff that aunts and uncles live for. It's Steve Have Harvey, you heard of a- Ricky Smiley, Tom Joyner, the mm-hmm. boat cruise, all that stuff. That's, that's, that's- Have you ever heard of a, uh, an eight-year-old talking about, we living in our last days, child? Because that was me. You, <laughs> like- <laughs> you did not do that. That was you? Yes. Uh, wow. My grandma fully had me in a doomsday cult of her own making. I was like, we living in our last days, child. You know, you gotta get your fans. You were like, you're like mm, I got here too late. Lacey got here too late, y'all. She ain't gonna live long. <laughs> right. Like, who am I and why? So... <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy's connections were like gold to Iglesias, Julio Iglesias. And so he was duped into spending an inordinate amount of time with this teen until Jimmy's true identity was discovered. Several months at- earlier, Jimmy had also conned the San Francisco Nico Hotel for rooms by posing as a Coca-Cola executive. But he was soon discovered and arrested. Oh, After his father, po- right. After his father posted the five thousand dollar bail. Okay, if your daddy got five G's for bail, why can't you just pay for the hotel? Just call your it's daddy. The and be like, it's the principle. Of the thing. It's how it's they the caught principality. that one. It's the principality. <laughs> they caught that one cat from um, one of those reality shows, like shoplifting eighteen Milky Ways or something like that. Like people just want to get away with something sometimes. Right. I'm like, you over here getting your Winona Ryder on when you got going. <laughs> like, what's happening? I, I had dinner one time with a pretty famous actor and. Everybody was just like eating and ordering big bottles of stuff. And, and he skipped out. And I was like, yeah, that's how they do it. You know, like, don't assume that the richest person, don't assume the richest person at the table is going to buy, you know. I need to stop. I'll be paying for checks. And I'm like, what am I doing? I need to start <laughs> robbing. What is, you know what I mean? <laughs> So a week later, he jumped to the Renaissance Hotel. The same detective arrested him every time. So now you got a detective hot on his tail as the, as the hotel hoodwinker. <laughs> so, president of the Miami Dolphins. What? Okay. When Jimmy was 18, he called the Miami Dolphins football team, claiming to be the vice president of Blockbuster, and asking if they had any extra <laughs> tickets to the upcoming Super Bowl. That's the most 90s thing I've ever heard. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, hey, it's me, the president of Blockbuster. A I do Blockbuster my own phone video. calls. <laughs> exactly. And also, you do your own phone calls, nigga. You the president of Blockbuster. You don't got an assistant. Why don't you call and be the assistant of the president of Blockbuster? Why are you going to be like, hey, He's also it's me. calling the Dolphins. So the whole thing is just like not a thing that would ever wow. happen today. <laughs> well, Jimmy was so convincing. The Dolphins president sent him a letter explaining when and where the tickets would be sent out. On wow. the day they were sent, Jimmy called the local FedEx claiming that he was the president of the Miami Dolphins and needed to <laughs> retrieve the two crates of envelopes that had just been shipped. His associates <laughs> retrieved the crates and he sold the unusable tickets to unknowing patrons pocketing $235,000. So wow. because he was told when the tickets were being shipped, he called FedEx and said, hey, uh, I need all the tickets that were shipped. I'm the president of the Miami Dolphins. Hey, it's me, the president of the Miami Dolphins. Doing my own phone calls again. Um, <laughs> I was the president of Blockbuster. <laughs> I like to pick up the phone. I like to talk to the people. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> I do my 
my own errands. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got plenty of time. I'm like uh, uh, Steve Jobs. Not Steve Jobs. He's gone. Rest his soul. Uh, who was a, who did that? Interview? Jeff Bezos, who was like, I work like three minutes a day. And everybody was like, yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, until we found out how much you made. No, think about this. This man not only was, he wasn't satisfied just going to the Super Bowl for free. He had to get an additional $235,000 out of it. Like he also wanted to get the bag. He wanted to get paid to go to the Super Bowl. He's like, like it's he not was enough for me to not put out money. I have to make money while not putting out money. Like, he got is, paid. These are the decisions that the- most of us would not feel comfortable making. But he felt comfortable making them because, you know, the mob. Oh, right. <laughs> and he was soon arrested and sentenced to two years in prison. He gets arrested a lot, though. He gets arrested quite a bit. He's not, is, right, is he's he even like, hey, 20 y'all. yet? He's not even 20 right. yet in this story. Go ahead. He's like, hey, y'all, y'all got nickel-free cuffs because the, them other cuffs, be, they be upsetting my ex mother. <laughs> like, he's getting arrested he did, so often. He did call and said he was the president of the police department. <laughs> and somehow they let him Oh, know. y'all don't got a president? What y'all do? Chief? Okay, I'm the, I'm the chief police, of police. I'm the chief of police. My name is uh, Chief Gordon, and yeah. <laughs> I got the That's bad signal. Let's go check out. So after his release, Jimmy went back to New York, where he walked out on a $50,000 tab for his welcome home party. He fled to London, this time posing as a chairman of Sony Pictures. <laughs> posing he as the Beatles. Book- <laughs> Awful. Right. <laughs> he managed to book a, lo- a luxury hotel suite and attempted to purchase a $100,000 Rolex watch on a Sony credit card before moving to Japan and leaving the bill behind. Jimmy's credit cards were declined at the hotel in Tokyo, so he flew back to London and attempted to book 12 rooms to conduct interviews for Billboard magazine, in quotes, <laughs> at the same four season he had just skipped the bill on. And the thing is, is like, I love the audacity of this because if you're booking 12 rooms, people aren't going to assume that you're a criminal because they're like, that's a lot of rooms. Like, like yeah, you got to have money. You think a like criminal money. is only going to try and scam one room but see this is why the big lie always works like no you scam a dozen rooms and then nobody asks any questions i gotta say though this sounds like a shit ton of work like all this like flying back and forth and rejected credit cards like i would have been gone straight by this point in the story well here's the thing that people don't really get about scammers is like they think that crime is easy that crime is not a job crime is a profession like you don't work you wake up every day to do crime. You're like, what do we have on the crime to-do list today? It's not just easy. Like, it's a job like anything else. Yeah. So he's working hard. He's very successful at being a serial entrepreneur, which is what we call scammers. <laughs> I just said, at some point, he could use his mob contacts, it seems like, to get, like, a job. Still still a scam of sorts, but these seem like really time-intensive scams, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, this right. seems like a but lot of time. some people get high off of it. It's like you get away with something. I think that's like, what it is. Ooh, little thrill at my leg. Yeah. Yes. I, like I said, I think it's just the idea that he didn't pay for that $50,000 welcome home. You, you know, somebody was like, I, ain't wanna, I didn't even want to welcome him home. Like, this was your <laughs> idea. Like, I'm sorry. Man, we didn't welcome this nigga home and he left, like, left <laughs> us with the bill. Hell kind of welcome is this. Out. He fresh out, and then he's fresh right. out. T. Glizzy, <laughs> fresh out. <laughs> so yeah. first day out, and he done scammed everybody out of $50,000. He ain't changed at all. This is record recidivism. That word. Recidivism, <laughs> yes. It's so a hard word to he, say. It is. It's a very fancy word for, like, you go back to jail again. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't so, changed. Right. You ain't, or they got you again, because we know how they the system is, especially yeah. for us. They, they just trying to get free labor. Uh, yeah. So when he arrived at the hotel in England, he was arrested and immediately imprisoned in an English jail without bail. Out of anger and retaliation, Jimmy spent his time calling the Miami FBI from prison and threatening to kill his prosecutors. <laughs> 
Are they not recording calls in London? <laughs> like, Here you go, bloke. It's time for your phone privileges. <laughs> and he's on the phone like, I will kill y'all. <laughs> like, well, you got you five know. more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> like, the president of us is quite violent, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> right. He's always just calling people, talking about he's going to kill him. Yeah, it's almost time for his next phone call. Just give him 12 like... rooms. Maybe he'll leave you alone. Right. So a week later, he managed to call the Secret Service and threatened to kill the then president, Bill Clinton, and his brother, Roger Clinton. Now, Roger, like, why am I in it? <laughs> I forgot about Roger Clinton, man. <laughs> Roger Clinton, that, that's a different kind of scammer. Didn't, he, didn't Roger Clinton have some scams? I, feel like I, I don't know. I'm going to have to look into it. But I'm like, Roger don't got to be into it. At the same time, Jimmy was asking for a presidential pardon for three outstanding warrants and a letter to President Clinton stating that he and his family would no longer be harassed by the U.S. government, which like, bro, you would be harassed because you were doing crime. So though Jimmy <laughs> later pled guilty. He said, well, y'all stop bothering me. I'm trying to rob a bank. Like, God damn. <laughs> So though Jimmy later pled guilty to making the threats, he also filed a civil lawsuit seeking damages and lost income of $100 per day of the imprisonment and punitive damages of $10 million. He was eventually deported and sentenced to four years in an American prison. So he's just doing the tour of jail. He was like, OK, I'm next stop. I'm going to get on Con Air. Then I'm going to hop back to this prison. <laughs> he really was the owner of a record label at this point. <laughs> because, you know, there's some of those some of those record labels and people stay in jail. So it's like right. living the dream. So in 2002, several years after his sentencing, Jimmy was still in prison, but that didn't stop him from conning. Using a jail telephone and impersonating real Hollywood executives, Jimmy managed to swindle the cell phone company Nextel out of $1 million worth of phones to be sold on the black market. The con earned him 11 more years in prison. Like, <laughs> Jimmy don't care about prison. He's like, okay, free no. room and board, bitch. Like, a gym. And you know, he's got contacts in there. Like, you know, some of like, what a, you know, you and me, we go in there. Like, we're on our own. Like, he's not on our own. Right. He's probably got all kinds of, probably got like he a water the in there. Yeah, exactly. Hey, it's my Uncle Lefty. <laughs> right. Not Lefty. <laughs> A real crime name. So also while in prison, Jimmy sued Sean Combs. Nah, did he? No, boy. For $20 million in Miami federal court in 2007, he claimed that in December 1994, he'd flown Petey's protege, the notorious B.I.G., uh-huh. to Miami, where he recorded 17 minutes and 54 seconds of freestyle rapping. Jimmy said he sold the recordings to Combs for $200,000, but that Combs never paid. The suit was shortly dismissed, but bizarrely, in 2008, Jimmy sent the L.A. Times a fake FBI document falsely implicating both himself and Sean Combs in the murder of Tupac Shakur. What? <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, now I remember, I was like, this name sounds familiar. I think this is where I come into the story because I feel like I was so obsessed with like the Tupac and Biggie sort of like just coming at it from not even as a DJ and as a person who loved both their music, but like just as true crime stories go. Like, because I was determined, like at one point in my life, I was like, I'm going to figure this out. You go like, solve it. You I was going to solve it. it. I was going to solve it for my armchair. For real. I was like. You know, there was that writer from the L.A. Times. I think his name was Chuck Phillips, who like had a bunch of stories out there and stuff. And so I was like, I'm going to find out all these answers. Then Chuck Phillips mysteriously died. And I was like, OK, oh, no. maybe, maybe I don't he need these answers. Maybe I'll yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Dale, you did the right thing. Stop looking for the answers. You know, I think I'm start being writing dead. comedy because uh, <laughs> there's a lot of dangerous people in the world. <laughs> This is what deterred you from investigative journalism. Like, oh, he woke up dead. Okay, I'm going to just... Uh, all right. Well, uh, I was going to be Sarah Koenig and, and do cereal, but now I'm going to put a pin in this. I'm going to just... 
I'm you know, write, I write jokes. I'm going to write these jokes. <laughs> ain't nobody murdering folks for jokes. Yeah, so. I don't think, I, don't think he, I ain't seen no joke writers die recently. <laughs> <laughs> you gave it up real quick. So despite papers being full of misspellings, like this paper is full of misspellings, inaccuracies, and it was typed on a typewriter. <laughs> and the FBI had switched to computers decades ago. LA Times printed the report anyway. <laughs> They was like, we got to sell these papers. So we go print this anyway. What are we going to fuck? Exactly. Later, so like, like many of Jimmy's other crimes, he seemed motivated not by greed, but out of the uncontrollable desire for attention and yep. status. Yep. And this is an image of Jimmy with the Wu-Tang Clan. Okay, <laughs> wait a second. I'm sorry. So the only reason they said he had a baby face in that first shot was because he looked like a human being. This looks actually more like a human baby. Like, this looks... Right. This is insane. I know it's a podcast, so we people can't really see it, but I mean, like, kind of need to Google this. This is insanity. Yeah. No, we post the, we'll post these, epi- we yeah, always yeah, post yeah. the photos on our uh, podcast Instagram, okay, Sam cool, Gladys cool, Pod. Cool. But he's got a picture with, re- with who is this, Method Man? I can't. <laughs> why? How? How and why, I Method mean, Man? Okay, look, Math. There's clearly a woman dancing just to the uh, just to the left of yeah, Matt. Yeah, some booty like, in the corner. Like he's having a good time. He can't control every single person who just plops down <laughs> next to him and takes a picture. He got a if towel that, on his head. Exactly, he's he got a towel. One of his eyes is actually asleep right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he looked like he didn't want to take that picture. And he didn't Jimmy take was that like, picture. "Come on, come on, let's take this picture. Let so me tell you, get your I've Kodak met, out." <laughs> in our profession, we've met a lot of rappers. Beth is actually one of the most together people I've ever met. So no, this picture does not equal a cosign. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take. He does have on a Dr. Seuss Wu Tang shirt, which is kind of fire, though. So I think God, I mean, so much Wu Tang in this episode. So he's eventually right. He's eventually released from prison in 2013 after 13 years incarcerated. Almost immediately after his release, Jimmy started up again. This time, posing as a big music executive from Jay Z's company, Rock Nation. Within a span of five weeks, he managed <sighs> to scam a young rap artist, Thomas Troop. Um, not true. We'll have a picture. <laughs> not true. Not true. He didn't feel okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so he convinced Troop into believing that he could give him a career while running up six hundred thousand dollars in champagne hotel tabs in Miami. He was arrested for the unpaid bill as soon as he made it. Damn, this nigga don't want to pay a bill. Woo, Jimmy ain't gonna he pay hates, a bill. He hates those bills, man. He just, you know, he doesn't like paper. He's an environmentalist. He's allergic to a receipt. <laughs> He's allergic to. That's what they don't tell you, man. He's like, "This is gonna break me out. I can't. I can't touch this receipt. It's, I can't guys, it's the papyrus. Down. It's the papyrus. <laughs> that doesn't work with my skin." <laughs> so the 37 year old was sent into prison again. He's like, okay, that's how I am. I go back to prison. That's the crib. While in prison, <laughs> his next scheme involved buying illegal phones from guards. He used the phones to call luxury goods stores such as Tiffany Co., Cartier, and convince them that he was a Sony Picture or Universal Studios executive in need of a loan for jewelry and watches uh, to be displayed in a splashy music video. Wow, this man is a genius. He goes so he's actually working with another he's, inmate. <laughs> he go to jail all the he's time. He's a genius, but he's in jail a lot. <laughs> I like those geniuses who don't go to jail a lot. <laughs> hey, where Jimmy? Oh, he in jail again. You know he be going to jail a lot. You, you know, know he he's in jail again. He's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> So this scheme actually got him like ten million dollars and twenty more years in prison, <laughs> Jimmy. I think that you should have a drinking game you established at the top of this episode. Every time this man goes to jail, they have to you have to drink. <laughs> take a tiny they have to take a tiny sip. A tiny sip because you Yeah, I was like, you'll die of alcohol poisoning <laughs> and I'll be sued. So we're getting to the end of this. During his sentence, Jimmy had one request, send him a sol- to solitary confinement. Out of a want to curb his addiction to scamming. <laughs> 
His solution was to severely limit his contact with prisoners outside of the, and the whole outside world because he knew he was going to keep robbing. He's addicted. His last <laughs> words before the sentencing were, I don't apologize to nobody. As far as the government is concerned, they allowed this case to happen. They should be embarrassed. <laughs> That's how you flip it right there, man. You don't let them put this. you on trial. You put the system on trial. You put the system on trial. You make a political statement. <laughs> exactly. And he's like, the whole damn system. <laughs> like, it's giving Anna Delvey, because Anna Delvey um, was like a, a fake heiress who scammed a bunch of people out of something that she wasn't actually going to make like a... a like a, it was supposed to be like basically like a Soho house or something. So uh-huh. she scammed a bunch of people. Scammed. What was it called? Calls. What was it called? Uh, her name's Anna Delvey. Okay. But and Shonda Rhimes actually is about to put out her show, like a show about her robbing everybody in New York. Okay. But at court, Anna Delvey was like. I am not a good person. And I was like, go off, queen. Go up. <laughs> like, don't get in here lying. Just be like, I'm not a good person. Like, the fuck? <laughs> like, and I'm bad. What's up? I love it. I love, <laughs> love it. this. Yeah. So, guys, <laughs> he's currently still serving 20-year sentence at the Supermax Penitentiary in Florence, Ooh. Colorado. That's what I said. The Supermax. Wow. That's, that's... Then, what? I feel like Tupac was in the damn Supermax for a second. I feel like I don't know if he needs maybe he does need to be a super max because he keep calling people and robbing them. They was like, you can't have no phone calls no more. <laughs> every time you get on the phone, you robbing people. Like, we can't do this. I like how they were like, you can't have contact with criminals outside of prison. He's like, so I'll just go to prison. <laughs> right. Okay, bet. All right, cool. I'll just talk to him in there. <laughs> Tell him to give me my old bed. <laughs> you, know, so you know he was running scams on those phone, those daily phone calls, too. Like, right. For sure. He was like, Tell him to give my old bed, get the ramen from commissary, and them, oh. and them shower shoes that I like. Thank you so much. <laughs> the ramen. Oh, no. Uh, so guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back for the saddest part of the show where I have to let Diallo go. Robbery! Back in the 90s, Pepsi and Coca-Cola were in a heated race to try and win loyal customers by any means necessary. But when Pepsi launched an ambitious promotion that encouraged people to buy Pepsi and redeem points for prizes, they overlooked their own fine print in a major way. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question. Who thought this was a good idea? Like, who at Pepsi thought it would be a good idea to advertise that people could earn enough points to redeem a military jet as a prize? When they launched their Pepsi points system, they never imagined somebody might try to actually snag it. But a 23-year-old did, and suddenly, Pepsi owed him a jet. Follow the big flop wherever you get your podcasts. Do you have an unemployed roommate at home? You know who I'm talking about. Children. Yes, Whitney said they are our future, and don't you want to invest in theirs? I know you want to set your children up for success. Maybe you want to save a little coin on private tutoring because we know that inflation is high and these wages are not getting higher, okay? Which is why I love IXL Learning. IXL Learning, it's an online program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything itself. No more trying to scam your kids as you try to figure out their math equations and their homework. And you know you haven't seen a trapezoid in about 20 years, right? So let IXL help you 
out. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning and get IXL now. And Scam Goddess listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com goddess. Visit IXL.com goddess to get the most effective learning program out there for the best price. And we're back. It is time for the end of the show. Scammer of the week. This is where we highlight an honorary charlatan. Maybe we love him. Maybe we hate him. We'll see. In early October 2021, a new cryptocurrency named for the popular Netflix show Squid Game, which black people call Squid Games because we need to add an X (laughs) to everything. (laughs) Nordstrom's. There's no S, guys. We made that up. <laughs> My mom used to always call it Nintendo. She couldn't put that first in on there. She'd be like, y'all play Nintendo? <laughs> <laughs> and do y'all intend? Y'all play Nintendo? Y'all Love play Nintendo? <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, it is true, though. I hadn't even thought about that. I've heard so many people, oh, you. Y'all like Squid Games. <laughs> With that S, look. Black people love an S for some extra seasoning, okay? You gotta season your words, too. You gotta give them some flavor. And I love that for us. So this... uh Cryptocurrency went live and quickly went viral with gains of 83,000% over two days. The now defunct informational website alluded to the crypto being a part of an actual squid games with real life players, one which was like an initial red flag. Also, the website was riddled with grammar and spelling errors. The crypto must be purchased through a platform called PancakeSwap, which don't sound legit. No. And purchasers were not allowed to cash out. And I actually talked to a crypto guy that I know who's like really like into this and NFTs. And he was saying that you really have to be like, I know a lot of new people want to get into crypto. Y'all want to get y'all feet wet. Y'all want to get y'all coins up. But you really have to be careful like what platforms you're trading or buying crypto on and making sure that those platforms are actually legit. Or at least like because crypto is not regulated, you need to make sure that the platform that you're on is reviewing stuff. Absolutely. Checking the algorithms, making sure that, you know, this is something that's popular. So in general, he said, it's important to look at the merits of each investment. However, finding sufficient liquidity is critical as well. Being able to gain and reduce exposure to an investment in a timely fashion is how one can effectively manage their overall portfolio and not risk exposure. Additionally, choosing to invest in projects that are listed on centralized exchanges, such as FTX or Coinbase, is a smart place given those entities conduct substantial analysis of a project before listing various cryptocurrencies. So like I was saying, like FTX, Coinbase, they're researching for the girls. They're making sure the girls aren't going to get robbed. Don't be buying nothing from PancakeSwap. <laughs> that don't even sound legit. No, but you know what I will say is it's harder and harder to tell what's legit based on the name just because like I I bought into Doja Coin and you know to this day I don't even know if it's called Doja or Doja Doggy. Coin like like Doja Cat <laughs> Doja Cat got her own <laughs> coin I think it's called Doggy what Coin. What it's like? I got coin. <laughs> can I admit? Can I just say like I I don't know how she survived the whole nah, anyway. That's Sean Pete. Yeah, man. Well, not even that. Like, like hanging out in all night, chat rooms and stuff. Like, I feel like she's bigger than ever. Yeah, she's always been like weird. I used to like I followed her like in the early days, and she would literally get on Instagram Live, eat a burger and a milkshake, and make music in her room, wearing all pink in a pink room. She's just Mm kind of weird, and we're all like, "This is fine." Okay. (laughs) All right. Cool. I I take the word for it. All right. 
Like, this is fine, you little lovable weirdo. We love you. TikTok mm-hmm. loves you. There so you the go. value of squid rose from $4.26 to a peak of $2,861 over two days due to the international news coverage before abruptly plummeting to zero because they cashed the fuck out. They said, we cashing out. They, The invisible group of people pulling the strings cashed out the crypto, draining the pool entirely before disappearing with roughly $3.8 million wow. in like two days, bruh. I mean, honestly, I wish I thought of it. I mean, yeah, that's the thing is like anybody who is buying Squid Game cryptocurrency, like I feel bad for them, but I'm also like, it's all such speculation. You know what I'm saying? Damn, like, I should have made stuff. a Bridgerton coin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what other? I think that Cocoa Melon coin is going to be what all the. <laughs> popping, popping. Hey, them kids can't get enough. Those kids will be on your phone. <laughs> I saw my kid open up Robinhood on my phone the other day. I was like, no, you can, that's the one app you can never go near. <laughs> right. Don't get in there and start clicking on stuff. We don't mm-hmm. need that. Daddy yeah. don't need that. Uh-uh. But, yeah, he knows that my brings- passcode and everything. He's like, come on, man. <laughs> and I will say those, uh, to close this out, those um, people who created the Squid Game thing were anonymous. But the reason that people don't get that weirded out by anonymous people creating coins is because the inventor of Bitcoin is still anonymous to this day. Right, right. So it's like that's kind of become a norm in the industry and people made money off of Bitcoin. So, guys, don't be buying shit off PancakeCookie.com. Like, (laughs) you know. The director of Southside, he's directed all but two episodes because Bashir and I directed an episode this season Mm -hmm. and uh, Bashir's brother Ismail is a great director, directed one. But the guy who directed all of the other 18 episodes of existing Southside episodes, uh, he got into Bitcoin very like when we were still at Fallon, like around like 2012, I want to say. And he bought, I think, a full Bitcoin for not much money back then. And so, you know, and he stuck with it when it went down and stuff. So he always, I always talk to him when I talk about crypto. He's the reason why episode 10 of Southside is about Litcoin, which was the, uh, oh, I the, love the crypto that we, the crypto that we made up for the show. And, I love uh, Litcoin. to this day, he's like, I don't, I don't believe in any of them except for Bitcoin. He's like, I think they just have a fundamentally different, uh, model from even Ethereum or some of the other sort of like mm. reputable ones. So Dogecoin, I just yeah. Dogecoin. I, listen, I didn't know what I was doing. Just everybody was like, "Oh, buy this, buy this." And then homeboy went on SNL and made a joke, and everybody lost their money. So I was just like, "Okay, yikes!" Serves yes. me right. I bought something that I did not understand at the time. I should have used and the Warren Buffett rule. Right. But guys, uh, to that point, uh, we've reached the end of the show. And Yala, we always ask on the show, where would you like to be found? Anything you want to plug? Any places on the internet you want people to find you? All those things. Uh, Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Diallo, D-I-A-L-L-O. But I'd also say just watch Southside. It's on HBO Max. You can watch the whole first season. So good. You can watch the whole second season. We're going to roll it out in bits, but you get to watch the whole season, uh, second season. And I just think that you will enjoy it. It's fantastic. You absolutely will enjoy it. And I'm not lying. Like, I love that show. I cannot wait for November 11th is when the second season drops, correct? Absolutely. It drops on November yes. 11th with the first three episodes, then November 18th, the next three. And then on uh, the 25th, we'll release the other four. And then yeah. there might be a little bit of a wait, but we think we've done the same thing with season two with that we did with season one. We've thrown everything into this. You'll get a nice full meal uh, even if you're watching it for the second or third time through. And I think you will, because like you said, there are jokes that, you know, don't come through the first time. 
that you had it's to kind of watch. Fire. Absolutely. You have to listen. My my favorite joke still is um Which one? I guess this is maybe this is uh Bashir's sister, maybe? No, or whose sister maybe? Zuri? Yeah. Uh, yeah. When they tried to bribe her for something, I won't spoil anything. And she was like, well, I want to get a feature on your track. And she was like, and not like that girl from who said Maybach music. Maybach. She didn't get paid. She didn't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> it's a deep cut joke. It's like, Maybach music. I was like dying. Listen, oh my God. But there's... We do we do so many jokes like that. I love that you know that joke because that is the kind of joke that we would... There are jokes out there for the first time viewers, but there's so many jokes in there that we feel are like for people who are like really paying attention. I, that makes a lot to me. I thank you so much for bringing that. One You're up. fantastic. Oh, thank you, and thank you for being on the show. As always, guys, if you want to find us, Scam Goddess Pod. If you want to see the photos, Scam Goddess Pod on all platforms. Diva Lacy, D I V A L A C I, Diva Lacy. If you want to follow me and my mess on all platforms except for TikTok, where I'm Lacy Mosley. Don't harass that little white girl who got my handle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's a child and she's adorable. Um, and guys, the merch, it's out there. Podswag.com slash scan goddess. I'm about to switch it up. So if you want a daddy government t-shirt, if you want any of that stuff, you better get it right now because I'm going to switch it up. You know, I got to keep the tricks guessing. Uh, iCarly, streaming now on Paramount Plus. Black Lady Sketch Show, streaming now on HBO Max. Uh, those are all my things for now. Uh, guys, we're up for an iHeartRadio Awards. So, you know, pay attention. I don't know if y'all can vote. I don't know what that means, but like, we'll see. All right, guys, congregation, stay scheming. Scam goddess. This has been an Earwolf production in association with Team Coco. Scam Goddess stars and is hosted by me, Lacey Mosley, a.k.a. Scam Goddess. It's produced by Judith Cargbo, engineered by Marina Pais, and researched by Kaylin Brandt. Stay scheming! This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.